Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the show. It's Sunday night. Another episode of True Detective has wrapped. There are crazy questions we need to answer. What secrets are hidden in life and death and the harvest moon is rolling west in on the cover-up and what the f happens in the pink rooms i need to know we're going to talk about all that more we'll see you guys in just one quick second on true detective you're tuned in to after buzz tv the espn of tv talk now let the buzz begin and there's no music nothing because nope. it's true detective and we're just that serious that we don't even need the music we take That's ourselves right. seriously guys. damn right oh my god i'm excited we, we're back we're pizzolato serious about this yes That's how. we are super serial we got the whole panel back this Yay. is uh, yes. the first time since yeah. we do yeah how you guys feeling feeling good hi guys good. i missed y'all nice yeah. to see you, you guys yeah. feel good i'm feeling really good and i'm loving this show so i think just because i want to make the most of our time Let's here do before it. we get anything crazy let's start right here nate what's in the episode um, I liked it a lot. Uh, a lot of absolutely fantastic performances. Uh, it was a lot more character-driven than I expected it to be. But at the same point, we got a fair amount of plot progression, too. So I really enjoyed this one. Julia. I loved it. I I mean, I gush and I gush about the show. I know. But um, this episode in particular, I found to be extremely compelling. Um, I think the pacing was right on point. Um, these characters are so unbelievably rich that... It, it, in addition to it being rich, we're also, like you said, getting a lot of payoff, and so I'm just completely satisfied with what's going on here. Yeah. Flippo, what do you I think? I agree. I agree. I think we're getting that, that we're hitting with the meat of the bat. And, and that's the thing. We've done three three seasons of True Detective now, Yeah. and that's that's the Pizzolatto thing. You're going to pay for it. You have to pay up front. That's how he <laughs> makes you pay. It's like when you go to ballroom dance, you have to drop a bunch of money to start. But you, but and now you get the payoff. Like he's like, you know, I'm gonna drag you out for the first couple, and yeah. then I'm gonna start giving you the fun stuff. Yeah. So this is uh, we're getting goodies. Season three, episode six. This one titled "Hunters in the Dark," directed by Daniel Sackheim. Back from their episode, uh, I agree with you guys. I think the progression of this episode was really nice. I like the pacing. A lot of the stuff that we have kind of had teased in the first few episodes, some of the suspicions, stuff that you know, there's always cover-ups going on in these cases, and some of the cover-ups that they're alluding to, we're starting to kind of see the pieces come together. Um, I mentioned this last week, but it does have a feeling of that the momentum, and now we're kind of rolling downhill. Yeah, we're really moving, and I think that's really cool. One thing that stuck out to me in this one, I was noticing is. What makes True Detective a compelling show is the combination of there being an actual crime, like the detectives on the... But then also you have to care. You really have to care about these characters because the stuff that makes it work is, like, the relationship in season one between, like, Marty and his wife. And it's not necessarily the case. It's, like, him cheating on his wife. And do you care about these characters enough to watch them argue about their family? And it's the same thing in this season where you're watching what's going on with Wayne Hayes and his wife as it's, like, sort of their marriage appears to be falling apart in the 1990 timeline... I like these characters enough, six episodes deep, that I'm willing to watch that. Even if it's not necessarily uncovering the murder, I just like the characters. That really matters. Season two didn't have that. Season no, two characters you're a really thousand weren't percent likable. Right. I'm not so, going to stand here while the slander above yeah, season two. Yeah, you don't like, yeah, you yeah, like season well, two. No, I, I think that's a... I think you're right. I, I think they, they've, this, season two. I would even say more so, more so than season one, which was much more noiry and a little more creepy, a little more action, a little more sex. This has almost even pulled back some of that of like the detective stuff to focus more on 
the characters and the relationships, like oh. between Hayes and Roland and Hayes and Amelia, and it's it's astonishing. The to scene, watch. the scene that uh, that Ray Fisher, his son Henry, is his name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, has with um, Herschel Ali uh, when he's talking about he realizes that he's onto him and he's cheating on his wife. Right, like that was a wonderful scene, mm-hmm. and like again, most of what that scene's about is just about like raising your son and the importance of family. It really has almost has very little to do with the case. And again, I found that to be the most compelling scene in the whole episode. Well, it also just says a lot too about like when he says that he's been thinking about himself, like he really has been, you know, yeah. all these things that that he's been constantly fighting with Amelia about how he doesn't take responsibilities for his actions and he hasn't not grown up, and now we finally see. All these years later, he's, he's like, up, yeah. oh, shoot. I, I, he sees what his son is going through, and he goes, you are behaving this way because of uh, act, like behaviors that I taught. Did I yeah. take yeah. responsibility? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what, what I loved about that scene, and I want to particularly, we're, we're bringing it up, is, is the father-son dynamic was so, was so relaxed because it's getting mushy, because you know, as, as, yeah. as Wayne is in decline, obviously Henry's having to step up and take care of him more and more, so that the power dynamic has shifted. And that allows for a lot more truth to just be there. There's no... You don't have to put on your dad hat. You can just be a guy, yeah. essentially. And 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 I think the way he said that to him, like, what are you going to do? Tell her so you feel better and she feels worse. That doesn't help you. You're going to leave her? No. Well, then, then shut the shut the fuck up. Like yeah. it was just it was solid advice, and it was. Um, but I, I I've said this before. I love shifting power dynamics. I think it makes for the most compelling stories. And and the way that that, that the father son dynamic shifts, and then you have those moments where you can be just totally honest, which is very freeing. I think. Yeah. I honestly think that says a lot about his character, that that's the advice that he gives him, because I actually disagree. I don't think that's good advice. I think that's terrible advice, because I think no matter what, the truth is going to come out. And if you really love her, you should tell her before she finds out on her own, and then deal with the consequences of your actions. But for him, it says a lot to say about his character that he would rather sweep it under the rug and pretend like it didn't happen, because he feels like that's what is going to be better for the people that he cares about, which I think relates back to what him and Roland have been talking about about what they did right which we don't exactly know yet there's a lot of clarity in him which is ironic because he's losing his 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 faculties of his mind right. and to have this moment of clarity and to be able to express that to his son in this really touching and moving and really interesting scene that we haven't seen him really be emotional and have those sort of moments really very often. I thought it was a really uh, interesting scene. And what I'm really loving about this show is that even though we are shifting time periods and time frames and states of mind and the lines are the lines are blurred. Yeah. But it's clear all at the same time. And I think it's really a fascinating thing that they're doing that they are making it so they're making this character of of Hayes in all these different timelines interweave with themselves, and I think it's just it's mind blowing how. But you can still follow it so easily. They really are. They make it so clear. Something that should be so confusing. They built such a. I mean, this is such a tour de force moment for Marshall Ali. Like they really build an incredible story for him in eight episodes. Like he's just showing off. Like everybody else in the show is good, <laughs> but he really is the one that just gets to have this amazing run. And some of the lines in that scene with Ray Fisher were just, like, so well-written. And, and they, they remind me a lot of how when you watch an Aaron Sorkin project, you're like, yeah. real people don't talk that way, but it sounds so good Wouldn't in this moment. Wouldn't it be moment. great if they did? And I love when he says, like, you know, I wasn't afraid of anything uh, when, before I knew you. Who says this on before I knew you? Or before you knew before me? Before you knew me, uh, I was brave. I was so, some, some people call some brave. Some people yeah. call some of the things I did brave. You know, and I've been, I've been terrified since the day you were born. Yep. Like, Made me a coward. It's just great writing. It's the kind of writing that you wish you're sort of, you, you'd be aware enough to realize if your father 
was saying to you, you're like, this is a great moment, and you're watching it. I thought that was such a cool thing. Their relationship has been interesting. Um, but getting into kind of some of the, the crime stuff here, just so we can make sure we're actually covering the story, I think the first thing that I want to talk about is this is the second reference to the pink rooms, right? We, this, is, this is twice we've now heard about it. I have it written down here. Uh, where is it? Uh, girl at the halfway house with the nuns was talking about the pink castle right wasn't she yeah yeah I have it written down here it is queen in a pink castle right yeah yeah the pink rooms and so Mm -hmm. the episode actually ends on this big cliffhanger where we we, I think we're assuming we're seeing the pink rooms Um, and and seems pretty pink pretty pink to me this queen in this castle so like we're starting to see all these little threads weave together into the conspiracy and the first question I have for you guys is if the pink rooms are where we're trying to get is Roland covering up something because I've been feeling like he's resistant to Hayes enough in the 1990 timeline. I, I feel like he's in on it. Like, I even I even when they were talking in the, two, the 2015 timeline, he says, is there a car here? I thought they were going to pull the move where, as they zoomed out, you, right. know, you see there was a car, and he had lied to him. See, I think there's something. I agree with you there's something, but I don't think it's a cover-up of the, of the pink room or the crime. I think there's something that they did in 1990 that Hayes is not remembering that... Uh, that Roland is protecting him from. Okay. That's but, what I think But he's is. talking about in 90, right? You're well, saying... I'm talking, so in 90 is when you start to feel like Roland is in on something. Because that's, right. that's, like, that's when Hayes is pushing the agenda and Roland is kind of shutting him down. It feels like he's brought him in on the case, but each time, each time Hayes kind of pushes something, Roland will be like, you got to take it easy. You got to do your job. I'm doing my job. You got to, like, you, you know, let's, let's, uh, we're going to clear this guy. And he's like, well, we got to look at him. He's like, we're going to clear him. You feel like he has, he's, you know what I'm saying? Well, you wonder how he became lieutenant, how he progressed his career. We've looked at, um, what's his name, Harris? Harris, he's definitely taken some sort of payoff. Yep, Granted, right. he's a big baddie. So I wonder if they are sort of moving in the same direction. So uh, you know, I hadn't actually thought about that, of, of him being in on it, of uh, Wes being in on it. But it makes a little bit of sense. I guess I could buy it, and he is resistant to... Tom being involved, or um, Hayes really investigating Tom being involved. Because what's the moment when he picks up the book? What is that? He's looking at the book. Are you he talking sees, about 2015? Yes, he sees the gun in 2015, and he picks up the book, and he's looking at it. And it's almost like <laughs> what I was wondering. He's like, he's looking, and he's thinking, is this guy crazy, or is he figuring out what he's not supposed to know? And he walks back, and you're wondering, is he going to pick the gun up? What's going to happen right now? Because there's a weird moment there, no? I think there's I something. I think there's something that went down. I think something went down in in, in the '90 timeline that that that, uh, that that Hoyt is covering up in his own brain for himself, and and I think that Roland is. Um, uh, I, I think I think he's protecting him from it. I don't get a vibe like like with Tom. I, I feel like Roland's hesitation to go after Tom is his own personal involvement, his investment. But why was he so personally involved? Is that a, a guilty conscience about something <laughs> that he worked so hard to get this guy on the straight well, and narrow? Maybe. I, wanna, yeah. I have a theory about that. Okay. Um, I I don't think that Roland is hiding something from Hayes about the case, but I do think he is hiding something. Yeah. I think, I mean, this is a wild theory. I think maybe there's something more to his relationship with Tom and, like, this, to- like, absence time. Never got and, married. So, yeah, right. Okay. So and, maybe. and the way that he interacts with him and his, like, more than just, like, oh, I was your sponsor, like... I don't know. Yeah, I think yep. there might be something there. Like a sexual Ooh. relationship? Yes, possibly. Gotcha. That wouldn't surprise me. That's okay, um, okay. Maybe. I'm picking that up. But I don't I don't think that he's involved with the crime as much as like his complacency about like pushing the case forward is because he wants to protect his job. Like we've already seen, we don't know exactly what happens at the end 
of the 80s story. But from what we can piece together, they both participated in some kind of cover-up, and Hayes didn't really want to go along with it, and that's why he didn't get promoted. And somewhere, Roland was like, all right, cool, we'll, we'll go with this, and that's why he got the job. But him protecting his job is the red herring. That's what you're supposed to think. That's the whole point. You're supposed to look at every time he says that and go... He's the level-headed one, and he's the mad dog because he wants to chase down the lead no matter what it does to his career. But, like, that's obviously the way. And they even want you to make, like, mm-hmm. but I think that's that's what you're supposed to think, well, and I think there's more going but on. But I think there's another another possibility to it. It's it, There's there's just a good looking out. I mean, there's just the possibility that he's a friend who has seen his buddy's career plateau in the last ten years because he doesn't know how to act with the, with the higher-ups. He sees that his... his He's got a marriage with two kids and a wife, but he doesn't understand the boundaries, and he doesn't understand that he's supposed to be home at a certain time, and he doesn't understand that he needs to prioritize his own family. And so I feel like some of the stuff that Roland is is throwing toward Hayes is just good looking out. Like, hey, man, you need to learn how to talk. You need to learn how to talk to these guys above you. You need to get home at a certain time. You need to have balance in your life. Yeah, I think they're good friends, and I think he can see that this case is consuming him. Yeah. It's so much more obvious in the 90s. When you see him jump on and Hayes immediately throws himself 110% into the case. And I think that's why Roland is just kind of seeing the same thing that he saw in 80. He knows he knows Hayes. He knows what he's going to do. So we but gotta, it could com- be wrong. Comment in the chat here. Joni Amon says, Roland seems close to Tom makes me curious. So that's inconsistent with your theory. I, I feel like that is something to look at. I, I Again, I hear you. Good looking out at the same time, though. It's like if you got a hot tip and you think that there's maybe 24, possibly 48 hours to get a hold of this on this guy and get him his money, then what are you doing going home if this girl's maybe out there? That's like there was there's weirdness there to me. But uh, so that was one thing I, I was wondering about. So we're going to jump around timelines a little bit, but I think let's let's deconstruct that 2015 scene really quickly because it's one of the most interesting scenes in this episode to me. Uh, the two of them sitting there. You know, Hayes pouring his Johnny Black. He goes to the bathroom. He comes back. You know, Roland is looking at his book. He sees the gun, and he asks him about the car. And there's a lot of things going on. The first one is his uh, dementia. He he plays it off like he kind of doesn't know where he is or what's going on. That's what you're supposed to think, right? He says, how you doing? And it's like, you just forgot what you were doing, and now you're kind of catching back up, right? That's what we were all supposed to think. Oh, yeah. He comes in the room, and he goes, Roland? He's, like, surprised that he's there. First of all, is that intentional or is or is he faking it? I think he, you're looking. I think you're looking. No, that's, that's, I could be wrong. That scene was weird, man. I'm just telling you. Yeah, we've okay, got, okay, we got okay, some of that yeah. in the fam. There's also a thing too. With, that's legit. Yeah, with Alzheimer's and dementia, uh, I forget what they call it. Something sundown, where like at night the symptoms get worse. The symptoms of paranoia and like losing yourself. Got it. So given that it was nighttime. It kind of makes sense that that's actually what would happen. And also, just the intensity of that shot uh, when he is thinking about the car that might be watching him. To me, that was just like the last time we saw him going through the paranoia. So that gave me the indication that he really was like having that feeling. Probably along with the losing his memory, the paranoia comes with that. And that's why he was asking about the car. The question is, why didn't they show the street? Yes, agreed. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I'm saying. I think there was a car there. But I think... And secondly, what was Roland doing with the book? What is it? Why does he get up and walk over, see the gun, and look at the book? There's something there. I'm it made not you nervous, that. didn't it? it yes. Made, now, did you guys think that he was going to leave with the book? I thought he, I thought he was going to leave yeah, with it, possibly. which would have been like kicking, uh, kicking uh, Hayes' legs out from under him. But uh, yeah, something's going on. I agree with you. But I don't think it's anything nefarious. I really, I, I don't know. I, I don't get a nefarious vibe from the whole thing. Okay. I, yeah, but I'm, there is I'm something huge I think the, in 90 that we're missing. The implication that we, I mean, yeah, there's a, we've, we haven't got the end 
story of all of the timelines that like is building towards what each one builds off of, right? So there's something that happened in ninety. The implication is that they kill Harris because that to me I think that's pretty clear. He looked just like the yeah. guy, the guy the that was in the back. Was, yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's okay. The and then they and they keep and, alluding yeah, yeah. to something that they did that they shouldn't have done that they yep. got away with. And uh he keeps asking like making sure that they're not gonna say anything. So to me that's where most of that weirdness concern comes from. It was him like, is my friend in his dementia going to accidentally let slip that we murdered this guy right. and somehow participated in the cover-up or And he's going to take care of my dogs when I'm in prison for murdering Harris. Yeah. Well, and also just the way that he talked about like throwing everything away and like living on his own and like right. – It also seems like – I don't know. It seems like he's kind of guilty to go from that – from the guy in his office with the picture with Bill Clinton and his medals all over the wall and all that stuff, like that was an intentional character change for him to throw all that stuff away. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Everything he valued, everything he, uh, yeah, uh, everything his, he made a priority. Right. Everything that kind of defined him as a character in the, in the 80 and 90 timeline. So, well, there was a regression in his character, right? Yeah. After whatever it is that happened in 1990 right. happened. Because, you know, he was on the up and up. He wasn't really smoking anymore. He was barely drinking. He was helping Tom get straight and narrow. And then we see him in 2015, and he is just pouring crown into his into his coffee. He's crown, drinking. too. Oh. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, hey. must be for you, huh? Hey. Okay, all right, to Gosh. each their own. Yeah, it comes in that fancy bag. So trying to deconstruct what in 2015 they're looking back on. Um, and we, we, there's not so much because I don't want to just spend the whole episode speculating. But, you know, the conversation in 2015, they're, they're looking back at something happens in the 90 timeline. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first thing I want to ask about is, uh, not Amelia, but the reporter. Eliza. Eliza. Eliza, sorry. Eliza is interviewing Hayes, and she's talking about, have you considered just the sheer number of fatalities involved with this How case? How many are there? Is it 16 or what is it now? There's 12? There's, or there's 11? There's 12 in the initial, 10, plus a bunch 12. of like disappeared people. But we don't know about Julie, right? So there's... Harris James, there's Dan's body, there's... Lucy. Lucy. I, so it's like probably north, north of 15, closer to 20. Right. Um, and so she's asking him this, and she starts suggesting things, and he has that line about you're projecting... Um, you're, you're assuming things that, you know, informs yeah. you and the way you, you view the case, right? It's like basically tampering with the, what you should be doing. He gets really uncomfortable. See, there's part of me that thinks that some of what Hayes is doing is he's playing the dementia card in moments. He's pretending he's not always suffering. I think sometimes he's just getting out of those interview moments because she's getting too close to something that he kind of somewhere in there knows is... I think it's the same I thing. I think it's the same thing with 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 Roland. I think the, it's the exact same thing. There's something that he doesn't want to see. He doesn't want to face, and that's when he that's when he kind of bails on the interview. That's when Roland gets protective. I think it's whatever they did. He is not cognizant of it. Does that mean? And I think they brought it up a couple different ways. Like Roland asking him, "Hey, are you sure you know what you're doing?" He said, "Well, if if if, if I remember something, I'll know not to say it, or it's something to He's those like, how can, Otherwise, how can I, I just won't remember it. So right. how can I tell? How can I give something away if I don't remember it? Right. right. That's what he says. And if I do remember it, I'll know not to I'll know not to, to say anything or something to, something to that effect. Yeah. I, I think there is a uh, something he genuinely doesn't remember, and Roland is aware that he doesn't know about it. Yeah. Well, I don't think he remembers why Roland. Doesn't, was mad at him why they didn't speak for yeah. 25 years. We don't know what That's happened there. I, I don't think he remembers what that was. I do think he remembers killing whoever it was they killed, probably Harris. Yeah. Um, and I do agree with you. I think he is depending upon his dementia and relying on it and being able to play it up when it's convenient, knowing people will buy it. Um, I'm very interested in this Eliza character. I think she's investigating him more than the crime. I think she's trying to get to the bottom of whatever the big bad. And she's definitely playing Henry. Oh, no question. Oh, yeah. Yeah, He's getting it. Oh, she and her wily ways. She seems way too controlled. 
yeah. to uh, to have just gone. Oh, you're so you're so handsome. I'm, I'm gonna abs- accidentally throw I mean, myself he is at you. Super just handsome re- guy. To be fair, repeating well, the same yeah. cycle that his yeah. dad and his mom went through of yeah. getting Ooh, close dude, that's in a so relationship true. to find out details yeah. about the case. Yeah, yeah. based yeah. on this creepy case that turns women on. Yeah. So speaking <laughs> of which, we're gonna get to Amelia's character in a second because I think it's a big one. But dude. I want to remind everybody here quickly before we get to Amelia and discussing all of the things that are wrong with the way she handles crime. Uh, we are the ESPN of TV Talk. You guys, the fans of this show, the fans of this network, have made us into the ESPN of TV Talk. We do after shows for almost every single show on television. It's over 150 shows all the time. Uh, and the best thing you guys can do, if you want to help support us to stay in business as the number one, providing this free content for you guys, is to subscribe on YouTube, uh, like, comment, leave your comments below. That's an important thing to do. We're going to pull up some comments here from the last couple of weeks here and share them on the show at the end of the show tonight. Um, also, give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, five stars preferably if you like the show. Five you know, stars It helps us uh, stay high in the standings. That's a great thing to do. And last but not least, we uh, diversified all of the AfterBuzz TV YouTube channels recently. So there's a drama channel, there's reality TV, there's comedy, there's superhero shows, and each one of them kind of has their own targeted feed. So go check those out. Subscribe to some other channels if you want to watch some other stuff. And thank you for supporting us doing what we we love because after Buzz TV, you know, it's uh, given a, an opportunity to all of us. Yeah, so I'm thankful for it. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about Amelia and and this book that she's working on. We see her doing a reading for it, from it at the end there, Life and Death and the Harvest Moon. Now that's the big book, right? Life and Death and the Harvest Moon is the one that she's famous for. Yes. And she's doing a reading, and this guy with one eye. Is it the same guy I with don't one eye? Know. It's not, right? Because no. we're, we're it's not. No. Okay. We're led to believe so. there was another one. I wish it's I not wish. The same guy. No? No. Okay. Okay. From a from a narrative point of view, I think that's a mistake on their part to have that two episodes apart and expect people to remember clearly this guy that was in like four minutes of an episode when I was years not before. famous. And to be able to just like pull that. Because I swear I swear to you, ninety five percent of the people watching that episode are asking the exact same question. Is that the same character we saw two episodes ago or is it not? No, not for you? You didn't even consider? Uh I'm I'm didn't I mean, maybe I should go back and watch it, but I felt pretty confident that they looked differently. They looked differently? I mean, because yeah. they say in that scene there's other guys around here with mm-hmm. one eye, so that's you have to yeah. ask yourself the question. Guys in the chat, uh, would you make sure that that they're just, if anybody knows, confirm yeah, it? Someone look that up for I, us, because we got straight from watching it to talking about yeah, it. I, I got to tell you, I love what he said, though. you just making money on their pain. You're just going around making money on their pain. Shame on you. That's exactly how uh, Hayes feels about it. Yeah. I, I happen to agree with it, and, and, and I think that that is, uh, I think that's why it, it, it cut her so good, because she feels the truth of it. Like, that's, that's the deal. Well, right, and I mean, that's the conversation that starts the episode in the 1990 time. It sure is, yeah. Amelia and Hayes, and they're talking, and, she, and, and she's like, new opportunity, and they kind of flip that right. phrase around. He's, she's like, it's an opportunity for you, right? Back in major crimes. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have this moment, right? She says, I think you, it suits you better, you know, uh, basically just running free. So I, I think it's, it's kind of fascinating that, that it's a major theme in this season is the, the concept of the way that the media treats pain and misery. And, like, you know, local news is all about that, right? Local news is literally just, no? So the guy from before had, like, a, had like this white beard. beard and yeah. his eye was, the, his restrained eye was also his, uh, right, eye? his right eye. Got it. Whereas the, this guy that we just saw, it was left, left eye. Left eye shaped. Yeah. Okay. Different guy. Okay. Different there guy. we go. Confirmed. And Perfect. Then, Thank you, Internet. Gotcha. Okay. So, Internet um, Nate. Shout Thank out you, to Reddit. Nate. Sweet. So she's so she's reading, you know, this passage from her book and some somebody in the chat here just suggested something that I think is very interesting. Uh, Ill Will says, "What if Roland and Hayes killed Amelia?" Oof. 
I mean, maybe if she is indeed involved in some way. I feel like that. I thought she had a disease, though. I thought she was sick, wasn't she? I mean, that's what they mentioned earlier, so. but like. But why? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. But it's it, it's it, it's interesting. We don't know how she's just mysteriously gone. She's gone somewhere between ninety and two thousand fifteen. Right. Well, that's twenty five years. Yeah, that's a lot of time. time. Yeah, but there's been no mention of it. How other, aside from the fact that it's referenced, she has a disease. Like the actual details of it, when it happened, how right. many more books she had written, uh, where they were at in their relationship, were they together? All of it. It's very, very, very vague. Well, and we're sure six it, episodes in, and I would like to think that it has something to do with Becca being all the way on the other side of the country. How Becca won't visit. How Becca right. sort of yeah. removed herself from the family altogether. I, I too have been wondering what happened to her when it happened. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thought. Yeah, the the treatment of their relationship is is pretty fascinating. The episode starts oh. with the two of them in bed after, uh, you know, in the nineteen eighty timeline after Hayes gets shot at, and uh, mm-hmm. she says, "I was going to wait with you, so you seem like the type of guy that thing matters to." And it's such a judgy comment, like, dude, she's so controlling, manipulative. She's so judgy of him, and then he says, "Don't do that. Don't don't try to check if I'm judging you. I'm not." Like, I love that whole interaction. Once again, more Sorkin. Like, the way I, people, like, yeah. don't actually talk. <laughs> I, I gotta be real, man. That's the character I, that they wrote for her, she, I, I just, I love, uh, I love the church lady clothes. Yeah. And the, and, and, and the, and the, 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 the sex fire underneath for this case. This case turns her on so goddamn much, it's insane. She can barely keep it together. Yeah, it's true. And it's, it's just <laughs> bubbling right underneath. And it's, it's, uh, ah. It's interesting, and it's it's that's the whole fire that kept that relationship together. I think. I mean, don't you? I mean, don't you think so? I mean, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the intrigue and the murder. And yeah, all that stuff. yeah, totally, totally. I mean, it's what kept their marriage alive as well. Not just got them together, but through all the eighties because she's yeah. writing the book, the nineties when it's reinvigorated, and then we sort of don't know what happens after that to her. And she's also so. I mean, first of all, I don't think she's. A, I don't think she's a particularly likable character at this point. I think she's yeah. one of. The, and I mentioned earlier, I like the relationships. I find her character to be kind of obnoxious, but she runs after Lucy after that, you know, the conviction is, is handed down. She's like, I wanted to apologize. And it's like, no, you didn't. You just wanted a story. Oh, you yeah. just wanted to write a book. More. Well, he you said, I think it was our last episode, that everyone is a story to you. Everyone you meet is a story to you when they're having that big fight. And what I found interesting in that very first scene, um, you know, right after they, they're lying in bed right after they had sex for the very first time. Right. She turns and goes, I want to know your story. And I was like, of course you do. Oh, I hate her. I like, I love to hate her. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but I think she is extremely manipulative and, and kind of gross. Yeah. But, I, but fantastic character. Really, really I, character. I mean, yeah. Performance is spot on. It, it is interesting the way they write uh, Hayes in relation to her because Hayes continuously hates the only thing. That keeps his marriage I know. alive. Mm-hmm. He hates that she's so involved. He can't stand he, it. And and it's just con- that, that constant dichotomy. Like at, at no point has he ever looked up and recognized that this is what made this happen and continues to make it happen. Yeah, this is what gets her hot for you. So we see Dan again. The, this is the cousin. Yes. And the first time we saw Dan, he kind of looked like he was playing in like an early '90s, late '80s band of some like kind. Vampire goth band right. or something. <laughs> exactly. And then we see him again. He's very strung out. Mm. Um, at the Waffle Hut. I love at that, like, the hut. Yeah, I love that. Like, just in we talked about this while we were watching, yeah. but in movies and television, like hard, hard smoking and hard drinking, oh. it just looks like so, just like awesome. People just <laughs> people just do it like crazy, and you're like, man, guy. And I just, I mean, I was just watching. It hurts. Look Don't gross. do it. I was just watching. Well, he looks. Can you imagine out. trying to eat some breakfast and the guy next to you? Smoking on a cigarette? Yeah, it's brutal. There's smoking your and chewing. There's so many cigarettes. Even the girl she's interviewing at the church is just like smoking yeah. out the window. Oh yeah, smoking just was like a thing. 
Well, um, it was good for you. They thought back then. It was the nineties. That's 90s. how they tried it was to sell it. Like for you. <laughs> they were still selling it. It was still cool. Fifties. It was good for you, and then it just sort of progressed till you're really cool oh. if you do it. I just watched the King speech, and one of the doctors recommends to him, he's like, smoking relaxes yeah. the throat. You should smoke cigarettes. Yeah. It'll mm-hmm. help you with your speech impediment. Love um, that movie. But yeah, it's a great movie. But um, so so talking about he shows up and he's like he says he's got you know something a secret and uh, he knows something and we find out after. Uh, he gets, you know, basically hassled by Tom and, and beats the shit out of him. Looks like he's going to kill him. At first, I thought he just bashed his head in. Yeah. I thought he was dead. Yeah, I thought, I thought was it was like a, scene. oopsie. Yeah. Uh, but we find out that he knows something, and he gives Tom something. And Tom gives, ends gives up, Tom Hoyt. Yeah, and yeah. that's how Tom ends up in the pink room. Yeah. But um, when he's first talking to the cops, first of all, great performance. Um, yeah. Really, like, really, uh, for a drug addict, like, that type of thing, I know that's... It's not a face that I recognize this actor, and he really did a great job with it. Like, he controlled that scene, and you believe that he had these guys hamstrung. Like, these are pretty tough detectives. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he says that he's got this thing, he needs $7,000, and what he an makes... What an odd amount, right? I know. This is a specific amount, right? And in 1990, it's really not that much money. He makes, uh, uh, he makes a comment. He says, who was paying uh, Lucy all those years? Who was, yeah. who was paying her before she ran off? Um, so there's somebody with a lot of money... And I think this is something I alluded to last week, but we do now believe that there's a connection between she worked on the chicken line right. yep. and her kids somehow involved. That's where they know her from and her kids, right? That's, I think, we're all no, kind I think of we've, oh, yes. yeah, we've alluded yes. to that. There's yes. a clear connection to I this think, point. I think, I mean, I feel like we kind of, we knew that the Hoyt thing was was very important from yeah. the beginning, I think, especially when he wasn't there. Yeah. And just the way that they presented all of that. And then also, like, when whenever you have something like this which has a large conspiracy, there needs to be... Money. You know, yeah, exactly. Money. It just, Can't have a large conspiracy without any money. Yeah. The connection between also, not the connection, but the scene in 1990 when uh, Hayes and, and West go to interview him and he's just such a dick and he makes the comment about, like, God created the world in six days. Right. Um, all that, he just, like, seems so guilty. He's, like, almost too guilty. He also makes the comment about Hayes' body, too. Uh-huh. Which is which is really interesting, which right? I don't know if that's supposed to... There's no accidents in, in Nick Pizzolatto. The script. He says, I don't eat donuts. And he says, I can see that. You've got a good body. Um, what an interesting thing to yeah, say. If you're well, going to recognize that someone's not eating donuts and, and, and it's not weird, you just go, oh, yeah, you look good, bro. That's it. You don't go, yeah, you've got a great body. Yeah. yeah that's a long, well, drawn also, out. remember this episode, what we learn about Tom. So, yeah. And... I mean, this is one of those things where, like, do you so do you where do you, where do you guys land? Do you think Tom is implicated in some way, or do you think that he really doesn't know anything? No, I don't think Tom's involved. You think Tom is being framed, basically? I don't. I don't think he's being framed. I think he's involved in some way. I think he knows more than he's been saying, but I don't yeah. think he knows everything. I the, think he yeah. The Tom interrogation was an interesting scene too. I was thinking about two things there. The first one is that so police interrogation. Do you think that's just, like, something that if you casually wanted to learn how to interrogate someone in your life, not, like, necessarily somebody in, like, a room, you could just learn? Because it does seem like a tactic, like yeah. a skill, the way that you can actually uh, extract information, tell when people are lying. Let me, let me tell you, there's a, there's a, a, a dad, at, uh, that, that, well, a buddy of mine that, that's a detective, and when, when you talk to him, you'll catch yourself sliding down the rabbit hole and be like, God damn it, stop it! (laughs) Because he's just leading questions and open-ended, and they'll just listen and let you go, and then before you know it, you feel like, holy shit, I'm about to implicate myself, and we're talking at a bar. 
Yeah. They, there's just a, they learn how to do that, and those leading questions. Yeah. It's never like it is in the movies, though. They're much more charming, much more gentle. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And before you know it, you're stumbling over yourself, and you're like, oh, what the hell just happened? So Flippo's wanted for murders. Yeah, out. in like six <laughs> states. And I am terrible at it. Perfect. Yeah. There's, live on air. There was a moment in the very beginning, well, um, watching episode five right into episode six, um, that I was like, oh, my God, I didn't think about Tom. I've been so sympathetic towards Tom. And he's, like, very possibly not really her real dad anyway. And that has stuck That's with me since business. the moment that was sort of flippantly um, thrown out there. And I think that was in the very first Some episode. Some of the stuff about whose kids they actually were is interesting. And mm-hmm. I haven't totally bought into it. I, I feel like it's that's a little bit of a red herring. But maybe. I mean, what do you, what do you guys think? I th- He's definitely not their biological dad. Okay. Uh, I mean, he, even, he says, I raised well, them. Like, Julie's. the way that he says, like, oh, I raised them. I woke up in the middle of the night. Like, the way that hands. he's saying that is him justifying that. Even you, though they're not biologically his kids, they're still his kids. Now, his now I I would argue in 1980, I don't think there was that. I don't think it was as easy to figure out whose dad was whose kid. Right. You know what I mean, it wasn't like it is today. But, but but when you know Lucy, and then also the implication yeah, but, now that he might have been gay, and their relationship was you think, never. But uh, great. I, I, not for nothing. I mean, wouldn't you think that if uh, it, it seemed to me, and I, and, I, and I hear I agree with what you're saying that he's definitely gone over this enough times in his head that he's got he'll go right to it. Like I woke up in the middle of the night. That's my kid. But I don't think that necessarily means it's not his kid. It definitely means he's questioned it. Mm-hmm. I think he's definitely had demons about it. Mm-hmm. Mono Patrick here in the chat says um, they shared a lot of milestones. He repeats that line. Yeah. That's one of the yeah. things that oh, said at the diner with Lucy. Dan O'Brien. Dan. Yeah, Dan and Lucy. Yeah. And, then, and then somebody else here, Douglas Sirk, adds. I thought adds, the same thing. Somebody adds incest. Uh, and then the whole cousin thing is curious with Dan and Lucy. This is Jack one that says this. Because I'm thinking back to the aunt thing being mentioned with Julie and aunts and cousins and uncles and shit play all into one another. And so it's possible. Do we think that Dan and Lucy had the kids? Is that a possibility? Oh, absolutely. Shared a lot of milestones I together? I think that's a possibility for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely possible. Brother yeah. and sister. And he lived in Will's room for a long time. So. Yeah. And Dan seems to know, like, Hoyt and be, be connected to the people that he sort of mm-hmm. gave the kids up to, blackmail something. That's kind of where this is going. So I think because we don't have a tremendous amount of time left, I want to make sure that we are able to cover everything. Um, in the 1980 timeline, is there anything that we need to cover before we get into. I want to read a couple comments from last week. Wow, we've got almost 100 people in the chat right now. Nice. Hi, guys. Shout out to everybody in the chat. This is awesome. Um, Anybody want to add anything? I'm looking at my 1980s. Well, in the 1980s, we talked about there was that there was a press conference. Then we got those ten people that were killed mm-hmm. uh, with the with the uh, what you call it, the attorney wanting to make sure. And then yeah, Hoyt, that scene of them pressing him. Yeah, that was very important. Yeah, and yeah, that, and that's and, and to, that is again. Okay, Woodard, yeah. say it's done. Yep. Yeah. I think that's 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 where Roland's trying to fix him in the 90s because that's when he just you don't know how to act. Right, right. Like you can't do that. You can't blow out like that. Now you right. got a target on the back of your head. And so, like they're 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 laying down for you. Look, ten people got killed. Twelve. Uh, all right, that's right. The kid's fine. But you know, we, we, this is the way it's going to be. We're going to frame it out this way. And he and he, you know, he gets your story straight and he storms off. That's a, that puts a target on the back of your head because essentially you're questioning. You're not just questioning the integrity of the people involved. You're also threatening them without without knowing you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Because if these people have political aspirations and you are going to blow them up, you're a direct threat now. Yeah. If you're too dumb to realize that that's what you're doing. Then, then, then you need your boy Roland to eventually help you out and try to show you that because I don't even think that it's it's ignorance. I think he just doesn't care. I think yeah. he's still, especially in the 1980 timeline. I think he's still wrapped up in being a soldier and 
that's why he immerses himself in his work so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he he could care less. I think he know he knows like, what they're trying to put on him and what it means for them. He just doesn't care. Yeah, Being interesting. Reckless. Interesting. So a couple things to share here from last week. Uh, Ryan Nilsson's comment, what a terrific episode. The voicemail was fascinating. An officer has been killed, but by who? And that final scene between the two, between the two partners was heartbreaking. Couldn't agree more. That scene was fantastic oh, yeah. last week. That was one of the best scenes of the whole season. Um, Lara Stapleton also says, I know a writer who never read, read his also writer wife's book. Two things. Many women can't, sorry, many men can't stand women's achievement. He was also afraid he was judged in it. But he also must have felt she was invading his work. I think it makes total sense. So just a couple comments to read here, guys. Feel free to share your thoughts in the comments from this week's episode. If you leave them in the live chat, they won't show up. We'll see them now, but they won't actually count. Uh, Afterwards, though, if you want to share your comments, we'll read them next week. I don't want to talk about what she just said there about the husband. and the. It, 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 it's interesting because when, at least in this, in this particular structure, when he has an opinion about the case and he has an opinion about her having opinions about the case. Yeah. And... I think it fucks with his opinion of her when he's faced with how he feels about her book. Yeah. Does that make sense? So instead of dealing with that, he's ignored the book. So it only bubbles up every now and again. One of my suggestions last week, though, was that I think he has read the book. I think he's forgotten about it. Oh, you think he read it at some point in between? I don't understand how it's possible. She could have had a best-selling book on a case that's consumed his whole life. She died of a disease, and he spent the entirety of this time without her never having read the book. That seems impossible to me. That seems... Well, he's certainly read it now. He's got enough highlights and clips. And His whole character flaw is that he doesn't look inward in himself and that he doesn't accept responsibility and look reading the book would require him to do that okay because he's in the book so much and then also too whatever they're covering up he has actively been i mean you know he has maybe has forgotten about it now he's a major part but of it, before that you know up until he started getting you know forgetting things he there must have been something in there that he didn't even want to you know something he doesn't want to confront right. something. Well, that's yeah. what yeah. that. I feel like um, even though this this case has fueled their relationship and their marriage, he's also very resentful of her involvement in it and her so. insertion into it well, without really his yeah. permission. And there's, I mean, I mean, I've been married a long time. You've been married a long time. Mm-hmm. There's things about our spouses that that you go, I don't like this part. And yeah. so you know, you try to kind of. You know, you don't try to ignore it, but you definitely you're like, well, I'd, I'd rather move on from this. And sure. it seems like the, the 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 tragic, you know, Achilles heel of their whole relationship is that thing that he doesn't like about Amelia is the entire basis of their relationship. Yeah. And so, you know, I I can see him not wanting to dive into that book because it it he finds her uh, uh, voyeuristic uh, approach to all this so distasteful. I feel like it would probably be the end of their marriage if he read that book. It seems right, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. You... Well, especially, I mean, we don't even know how the 1990 timeline ends, but no. I, we're presuming that it doesn't end well, and that whatever, you know, air quotes, closes the case, which is not really closed, Right. It probably he just didn't want to talk about it anymore, or think about it, or read the book, so... I don't know. I could, I could, I see your point though. He definitely, especially with what we've seen of him, he could have read it already and forgotten about sure. it. Yeah, it's it's definitely that was one of the most curious details. I talked about it a lot last week, uh, and so I think that's a great time for us to get into predictions because I want to talk about that final scene, what we think is going to happen. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. So, guys, while we're doing our predictions, if you want to share yours in the live chat here, we can share some of yours here on the show. And I'm going to have each of us do, starting with you, Flippo. Uh, first of all, Flippo, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at Joe Flippo, and then uh, website is josephsanflippo.com. What's your hottest prediction? Ah, uh, man. 
Uh, I, I don't. Uh, I got to be honest, man. I got nothing. I mean, it, it, it is. Uh, is she in the room when he's there? Is she in the pink room? He says Julie. Oh, this is Julie. Is, yeah. is Julie in the room? Oh, is it a no. picture of Julie? Is it Julie's jacket? Is it a vi- uh, what the fuck is? I don't know, man. I, I don't. I got nothing. I really. I wish I had a prediction. I'm embarrassed that I don't have one, but I don't. <laughs> I just. Um, I, I left this episode like. Uh-huh. Well, the longer you can ramble about not having one, the longer it gives Julie to come up with one. Did you like what I did there? Did you like that? I always panic at predictions. Like my least favorite part of this gig. I hate it because I. I, Okay. I gave you ten minutes. You're fine. I know. Um, I mean, I I did. Wait, is it my turn? Yes. I did sort of allude to the fact that I think that the uh, reporter Eliza is investigating. Um, not just this case, but the entirety of all these disappearances, and I think she is pointedly looking at. Roland and Hayes. um and Hayes. Thank you very She's much. She's doing the investigation. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, I think that's a strong, strong prediction. That's what I think. Where can the folks find you oh, if they want to follow on your uh, career? On Twitter and Instagram with my name Julia Carely, J U L I A C E A R L E Y. Cool. Nate Miller, what do you think? Uh first guys, you can find me everywhere at Dog Like Nate. Um my super wild prediction is like I said, there's something between uh Roland and Tom. Something we don't know about. Yeah, I actually. I think what's going to happen, just super, super loose. uh, Something's going to happen at the Hoyt residence. Obviously, I think Amelia is going to find herself into a situation she's not supposed to be in. I think she might get killed in the crossfire, some way like that. And I think that's why maybe they kill Harris. Um, And then I think we're going to find out that no matter what, there's some big cover up that is like that that kind of brushes under the rug and yeah. that kind of implicates them murdering Harris as like, well, if you don't go along with this, then we're going to turn you into. And I think that's what is kind of the big thing that Hayes or Roland has been like, that kind of like turned him off completely from everything and mm. made him, you know, make sure you shut up because there are people bigger than us. And I think that's where his, par- uh, Hayes paranoia actually comes from is that there is this big something that's in charge of this cover up that mm. is keeping an eye on him and make sure he doesn't say anything. Um, you guys can find me at Ben Baby Media on Twitter and Instagram, what have you. Um, my prediction is that this is we're going to see in the next two episodes where this connects to season one, um, and that's I can I've I've been feeling it since you mentioned it and dangled it in season one as a possibility. Sorry, in episode one, uh, the the like lower floor dungeon hallway thing reminded me a lot of those those uh, corridors at the end of season one, and he says my family's had these tunnels for years, you know. Like, I think that there's going to be a connection there, and I do think that, like, child abduction and the much, much larger sort of weird, uh, like, semi-religious, like, culty sort of thing with kids and sex... I think it's the same, like, larger entity. There's so many more cult sex dungeons out there than I would have ever thought. Yeah, right. The the one thing I want to say really quick on that same vein is when Amelia (laughs) is talking to that girl, and she is talking about, she says, like, you don't know the things that girls girls in this town, and this is the story you should be telling. So, to me, that says it's even bigger than just a Julia, and that they've been, like, running girls through there or something. I think so, too. It's going to get wild. I think so, too. I think we're going to find out. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Thanks for being in the chat. Be sure to leave your comments below. We'll, uh, we'll share them next week on the show. Same time, same place next Sunday. Guys, thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Bye, everybody. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> 
opinions expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.